Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Nacho Tuesday. And today I have uh, Nawal here with Hire Hunch. And today we're going to talk about his company and what they do over there. And we're also going to talk about HR and uh, tech hiring uh, trends and ultimately how to build the ultimate dream tech team, which he has a lot of experience with. Uh, so without further ado, we'd love if you can give us a brief elevator pitch for what uh, what your company does. Sure, sure, Andy. And thanks a lot for setting this up and inviting me over here. And I do have some lovely audience also. Just a, a good evening to all of them. <laughs> and yeah, to, to, to get started with what HireRange is primarily all about, uh, I think HireRange is primarily an interview as a service company. While we do have interview as a service uh, as one of our core offerings, there are some ancillary offerings as well on our platform, which is more into you know uh, pre-employment testing software as well as video interview softwares. Uh, and all of this, Coherently, actually, turns out to be a full stack solution. Whenever, whenever a company is basically, you know, trying to do technical assessment of the candidates. Perfect. And uh, what what got you to where you're at in your career here, uh, starting Hire Hunch? Uh, how, how did you get started in the uh, tech field, and what uh, gave you the idea for Hire Hunch? Uh, this is, I, I think, the story goes back to I, I think early 2018, while I was working as a you know a head of engineering at one of the company, and uh, you know. Earlier, while most of my engineering time used to go in like vetting the candidates, doing the initial level of screening, doing n number of interviews, I don't even recall that how many number of interviews I would have done in the past. But definitely, you know, something uh, if I try to, you know, uh, approximate it, it will be close to 500 plus interviews in my early career. I'm talking about. Post that, while I was at my leadership role, I could see my engineering team going through again the similar kind of pain. Right? Whenever we used to have a morning stand up. Most of the time, my team members used to come to me and say, like, okay, yesterday my whole day was occupied all interviewing, you know, X number of candidates. And the subsequent question was, okay, how many of them got shortlisted? Probably the answer was, no, I don't think none of them were of, you know, really of a great quality to get onboarded, for, even for our, you know, get interviewed for the subsequent rounds. And that's where this idea clicked in from that, why don't we go ahead and outsource this entire set of the post level interviews? Because technical interviews are more about, you know, it can be objectified to some sort extent comparatively uh, to non-technical functions where it's more of subjective in nature, right? So, so we tried exploring a couple of partners uh, or vendors who had been there existent in India. Uh, fortunately, slash unfortunately, could not find any niche player. Uh, we got very much inspired by one of the companies based out of, uh, you know, out of US. Uh, that's Karat. I'm not sure if you've heard about them, uh, but we got very much inspired by them, what they have built so far. And that's why we thought like, uh, you know, uh, this was just one of my problem where I faced as an engineering leader, but definitely I did not get started right in 2018. I interviewed multiple people, multiple, when I say multiple people, I interviewed a couple of, you know, engineering leaders across and everyone was going through a similar kind of challenge, be it, you know, early stage company, be it, you know, CDC, Series D funded companies as well. Uh, I'm not talking about the biggies like, you know, Amazon and so-called fine companies, right? Uh, though, though this was one of the instances, but there were a couple of, you know, other instances also where people across, you know, companies used to do interviews for other companies, but on a pro bono basis, like, let's say I'm a backend engineer and I don't have enough knowledge on, let's say, automation, right? Uh, and automation, I do have some superficial knowledge, but am I the right person to actually go ahead and bet the candidate on their full technical aspect? Probably not, right? And if I'm hiring my first automation lead in my team, that needs to be vetted by someone, right? Yeah. And, and that's why people used to take a pro bono support of their friends and buddies around. 
and while it was being done in on a pro bono basis, uh, this again clicked on an idea of thought of like, why don't we go ahead and build a platform around this? Did some initial exercise in early 2019 timeframe where you know we tried to figure out what can be the TAM of this and a couple of other you know data insights which we tried to pull up. But again, be uh, uh, it a founder, everyone has his own journey and own personal runway also to build across, right? Yeah. And that's what made me to you know. Uh, continue on this while doing some parallel activities around some time in time, time frame in 2019. Uh, but COVID was definitely a turnaround for me because there were initial apprehensions around if, uh, if you know, if a interviewer from some other product based companies or some other companies, right, would be really interviewing candidates for other companies while being in their office, right. Oh, uh, but with COVID, COVID definitely there was that apprehension which completely went off, all because most of these engineers had been, you know, sitting remote and and, and while they had some idle, I would say, idle non-working hours, uh, they can deploy these hours for more productive session. And that's why we never called it like interview, interview. We wanted two great engineers to be connected to one another, uh, share knowledge. And during the course of their interaction, the interviewer should be able to gauge out whether he or she would be really willing to work with the fellow with whom he just interacted. So you had a hunch there. So, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's where and and the name uh, something which was interesting before even we started, we had put this name across all because we are brainstorming on this, and then we said that you know uh, probably we are not the one who are really claiming that this candidate will definitely get selected because there are tons of other parameters which goes after our you know round of vetting, right? So we said okay, we are just raising a hunch towards hiring someone over here. And there might be n number of mechanism uh, in the later part of the you know uh, our journey. So let's get started with one single thing where we are vetting the candidates and putting them across, saying okay, the probability of this guy getting you know selected or getting an offer at your end is probably seventy percent or eighty percent. So that hunch word striked so deeply that we got ahead and and you know we picked out something which was higher hunch. And again, we did not put anything uh, around interviews because that's not something which we are primarily focused, we will only be doing this. What we wanted to solve over here, how do we help you know, great companies to build their awesome dream tech team? And that should be happen with you know, uh, ease and quick, right? And, and again, when I say dream tech team, uh, every company at their different stages, do they have different dreams and they do have different you know, dream tech team. Yep. Uh, so what are the challenges, would you say there are for uh, building and managing a high performing tech team? Uh, I, I would say, you know, uh, with my all the experiences I had, I, I would say there's a lot of challenge. There's a lot of, uh, I think the list will go endless if I really start on this. Uh, but managing a high-performing team or building a high-performing team, uh, I think what primarily strikes in my mind is more about talent acquisition and retention is really difficult in tech industry, given the competitiveness you have, given the kind of, you know, high turnover we do have. And trust me, uh, uh, your tech team can make or break your company, uh, yeah. which internally is your, you know, make or break your uh, product, right? Yeah. So, so, so having this as an, you know, having this as one of the top facing challenge for any comp any company to, you know, um, build their initial tech team and manage them. I think the topmost thing, which again strikes on my mind, is more of a culture alignment, right? Uh, yeah. Because what from my experiences I have seen is like, you know, the, there's a bit of difference between most of the, you know, the tech culture and the organizational culture, uh -huh. uh, because balancing the unique culture of tech teams, which I have often seen as being characterized by innovation, uh, kind of 
autonomy and flat hierarchies right yeah. uh, so so i i don't mean that you know the organizational culture doesn't uh, or organizational culture is not characterized by these things having said this these are very very peculiar in any any engineer right mm -hmm. so so that's where they are very uh, kind, kind of you know more data driven more uh, operate in a you know kind of i would say black and white way uh, there's nothing called gray for them mostly because you know they might be working with binaries day in day out uh, and, and that's how they start thinking right uh, that's one one thing uh, i can talk about then essentially whenever you hire your initial set of team the company evolves and your tech team also evolves over the time right and in uh, while you want to gain speed in the entire scheme of the things uh, during your you know business progression or your product evolvement uh, there's a lot of tech debt which is being created behind the scene right? and all these tech debts and this evolving technology adoption is another factor for the tech teams right uh, the framework keeps on changing every tech he wants to to you know become itchy to to try the different frameworks they want to use their not giving a kind of yeah sorry sorry andy Oh yeah, a lot of them want to use their own approach too. They always say the other engineer didn't do it right, and they they got to do it their way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So so most of these engineers, especially in their early pages, are very itchy in nature, right? They they hear about some framework, they want to adopt that, right? And while uh, business continuity is equally important, you can't be just you know doing R and D, R and D all the time, right? Now, how do you strike the right balance given the limited bandwidth, which always we, we all go through this kind of you know limited bandwidth challenge. And probably this is what we are trying to solve also through interview as a service. And we need to be empathetic about uh, the tech team that they do have their tech debts, they do have their evolving technology adoption, and and all of it comes with a limited bandwidth. Apart from that, while your company is evolving, you are also as an engineering leader, you are also trying to build your next NX team or your next you know uh, rockstar engineering team, right? And you want to hire the great great folks around. There has to be people who has to do all the required screening, required interviewing, right? And again, these same senior set of engineers are also deployed for you know waiting the candidates. So it's all about the limited band uh, where you know uh, we need to equally empathize with all of this, uh, maintaining or, or striking the right balance between the business continuity and empathy yeah. with the tech team. So uh, balance, say with the short and long-term hiring practices, right? Sometimes a lot of startups are in high growth mo mode and they just need immediate butts and seats, if you will. Um, as opposed to, you know, maybe finding a better long-term fit and investing more time and, and energy into the process to really find that ideal fit. Sometimes startups are just growing so fast and they just need to put people in. Uh, what, what kind of recommendations do you have for startups kind of in that growth mode? Uh, I, I would rather, you know, being an engineering leader, first I will try to understand is it something which is uh, really a, you know, a, a virtual anxiety that I do have to build build an immediate team or I do have something where I really need to look into long term. For this, you actually need to go back and see whether a certain piece which you want to build for an immediate, uh, you know, or where you do have the immediate hiring needs, is it a build versus buy? That's very, very, very important, I would say, right? Yeah. First thing to exercise for an engineering leader that whatever you want to build, is it going to be a core product feature where you need to build a lot of intelligence down the line? Or is it something which is more of a bit of contextual where you know someone comes and plugs in and builds that component for you and your team is happily using that out right and and to to have that kind of you know comparison and post that whatever exercise you do from your end thinking about long term and short term i i think for a short term you can always outsource certain pieces or bring contractors all right 
and deploy your core team and uh, core team for your long term uh, you know product goals and all and besides every company has you know they are hiring strategy when to hire generalist when to hire a specialist right so you need to prioritize your critical roles define uh, strategic hiring goals and, and all of this comes with only with a proper communication transparency with the team otherwise you know uh, yeah. if you are hiring some contractors if you are hiring some some you know uh, full time workers there are chances that you might have motivation demotivation among the team members uh, why someone is being treated differently so there has to be proper communication uh, and transparency with the team about the hiring plan immediate needs and long term strategies and this fosters majorly a sense of trust and alignment right and and you would say um generally at the beginning of the uh, of the company it's better to hire generalists and then as your company grows it's easier to get maybe specialists to kind of fill in certain roles because they're I mean if they're spending their their whole day and uh, their entire career on a specific you know say it's back end or say it's a uh you know working with certain types of APIs you, you're going to want those specialist roles as you grow your company as opposed to initially you want a well-rounded player that can just kind of wear a bunch of hats and get your tech off the ground right yeah that that's definitely there and that's why when when we also started building our engineering team we focused on having you know full stack engineers at the beginning right because full stack engineers all because you you can't afford to have a number of engineers or you can't even afford to have some some you know engineers from google or amazon so on right so so you need to be very lean in the way how you build your initial team and if they are all generalists they choose their path after probably couple of years which part of you know which part of the technology stack they are enjoying where there's more of business intelligence where there's more of you know uh, more of uh, i would say reason procurement more on the ui screens or or like some uh, i i came across a, a great engineer who was very much inclined towards you know colors uh, and he said like after a couple of years he said like he, okay i love colors and that's where i would choose to grow my career on the front end part of the things because he wanted people to see what is there on the website or what is there on the application mm-hmm. all right so 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 it completely depends on the interest and we should be a platform where they will be able to pursue this uh, and match their career aspirations as well uh, and, and that basically carves out a path for them to be a specialist from a generalist role Definitely. And uh, does HireHunch provide any uh, tools or, or uh, dashboards or any sort of data that that provides um, any sort of insights into the hiring process? How, how does your platform work exactly? Uh, that's what primarily we we are you know uh, over here for. Uh, Interview as a service was mainly built out to cater to your immediate requirements, where you know you do have a new let, let's say you do have a new product initiative which is going to come up right, and your current team is not suffice enough. You, you want to do, you know, onboard, let's say, 50 engineers down the line in a quarter, right? Uh, obviously, all of these set of engineers might not be equal. So capacity or capability challenges, both might be with your internal set of panels. But all of these candidates need to go through some certain kind of waiting, which might be an assessment or which might be an interview, right? And and this requires a lot of, again, engineering bandwidth, right? So so how do you cater to this that, you know, you, you can scale up your interviews, right, uh, for this quarter? Right, and then so bulk interviews is something which we do provide primarily. Uh, coming to the you know uh, insights part, we do give informative decisions about anyone being interviewed at our end, so that you know uh, hiring manager has some predictive predictive signals whether the candidate really needs to be taken through the subsequent rounds of interviews, or even those cases we try to highlight that whether the candidate can be you know onboarded, but probably for a one down role kind of thing. Right. Apart from that, even if you go for a route of you know partnership with staffing or service-based companies, all of these candidates eventually needs to be vetted, right? You can't just onboard 100 contractors. Yeah. 
get out of control really quickly. <laughs> so how, how do you balance the um, <clears throat> the value of uh, soft skills versus the hard skills, right? So you run them through the test, kind of understand like what they could actually do from a development standpoint. Um, what about maybe some of the soft skills that you guys look for? Uh, I would say primarily we, we focus a lot on technical aspects. We do a deep technical assessment. Having said that, during the course of the interaction, if there are some of the soft skills which has been you know uh, highlighted by the company, we try to keep a check on that and try to, to we don't go ahead and actually ask any explicit questions on the soft skill parameters because that's anyways a bit of you know again as i was talking about core versus context what we try to assess over here what is his core aspects about those you know technology st stack right what are his or her you know problem solving approaches towards uh, a particular problem right uh, most of these cultural rounds are not being assessed at our end. These are subsequent rounds which are being done most of the times through the HR and other things. But but having said all of this, we do try to highlight if there is something as a red flag which comes during the course of the interaction, we try to highlight those so that you know company doesn't need to invest further time on interviewing or assessing those parameters which are more related rounds of skills. And so a lot back to a lot of companies going through high growth. Uh, what other tips would you offer for managers kind of to uh, better manage that uh, that growth effectively, right? Uh, obviously, they have tools like HireHunch available, but do you have any other tips available for people to be able to you know, effectively manage growing a team and uh, properly ensuring that they're onboarded correctly? <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, not just hiring a bunch of contractors and having everything, you know, uh, having everything willy nilly. <laughs> No, definitely something which is very important over here. We we try to build a lot of strategies around, uh, you know, business strategies. Then comes you know product strategies. One thing which I have seen missing across is like you know, uh, no one goes and focuses tries to build how do you how do you develop a scalable recruitment strategy, right? Uh, and when I say recruitment strategy, it simply means how do you understand your growth projections, right? Uh, how do you proactively do the workforce planning, right? And apart from that, obviously, as you said, right, people have been leveraging on on tools and platforms like ours uh, to and, and a lot of companies have been also adopting ATS. Uh, but agile recruitment process is something which, again, I would like to highlight that, you know, uh, with the ongoing trend as a leader, you need to be agile enough to adopt those technologies, stay flexible, adopt to changing priorities and iterate on the recruitment strategies rather than sticking to your old old ways of you know that uh, some something like you know you pass a skill assessment you do the interviews and you go through a regular process you need to keep on an eye on what is evolving what is coming up uh, in the technology world what are other ways of rating the candidates is interviewing now uh, we are serving in as you know serving interviews to to our uh, you know customers but still i still feel that is interviewing the future this is something which Someone as an engineering leader needs to continuously think through uh, to, to really, you know, uh, refine their processes to onboard their next set of 10x engineers, right? Yeah, I feel like a lot of companies are always kind of just filling seats on an ad hoc basis. <laughs> it's like a fire drill. It's like, quick, we need we need I an see. engineer for this. Uh, go go put a resume out there and uh, or go put a uh, job, job posting out there and see if we can uh, put, uh, track some resumes. But it's better yeah, to plan yeah. And data-driven decision making is another thing which I have seen. Most of the times, it is being missed, or people managing on their ATS or managing on their Excel sheet. But but where's that data? Where they can utilize the recruitment analytics, right? Uh, some of the ATS definitely provides those kind of analytics. But but then then there has to be a bandwidth. There has to be a dedication towards looking those uh, or making some in looking at those insights and making some some value out of those, right? 
this yeah. is something which I have seen missing for most of the you know hiring managers or might be even talent acquisition folks. Yeah, that's a great point. So I guess do you have any examples of uh, organizations that are effectively managing their growth? Uh, definitely, there's there's Fang, which everyone has been talking about, but uh, specific to every company has made a rapid growth focusing on certain things. Uh, I, I think Amazon really has a strong emphasis on their leadership principles. Uh, Google places a strong emphasis again on culture of innovation, right? Uh, similarly, Netflix has a culture that values freedom and responsibilities, right? And Stripe is one company of which I was recently reading about, and they really value it a lot on the culture of like, you know, remote work, attracting talent from various locations and fostering a kind of diverse workforce. Yeah. And what, how, how valuable do you think the uh, the perk of uh, remote work is for engineers as as an attracting benefit or perk for the, for uh, bringing people into your company? Uh, sorry, I didn't get the last part. Uh, how valuable do you think uh, offering remote work as a perk is for companies uh, in today's business environment? I think remote work is good because, because uh, you you have an access of, you know, talented pool across the globe, right? You are not limited to some certain uh, boundaries and restrictions, right? So, so the, while that is a good part to have, but then again, it needs to be channeled through an effective communication mechanism. Not sure if every company at their different stages will have, will be equipped for with all the required tools, uh, which is required actually for, for a remote collaboration and, and, you know, having different kind of discussion. The, one major challenge which I see with the remote thing is, uh, uh, I, I would call it a knowledge osmosis, where, you know, uh, for a set of engineers being onboarded, sitting remote, you know, and trying to go through 100 lines of thousands lines of code and not trying, or, and even if trying to have an available time from some senior engineer, not able to pull it out. But what happens in, in a kind of, you know, in office culture? Even on a, you know, uh, even while having your lunch uh, on a table, you are talking about some latest technologies, trends, right? So, so there's a lot of knowledge which flows across, and there's an osmosis effect for for all of these engineers to to grab through, right? Uh, and not only this, they stay very close to the business aspects, right? So, otherwise, it is always your town hall or your quarterly meetings that you get to know about what business is all thinking about. But otherwise, a firefighting situation, everyone on the floor gets to understand how things are moving, right? Uh -huh. And it's very, very easy to to grab someone immediately, right? Rather than you know, trying to figure out a time and schedule for someone, and then connecting in over the call. Uh, another thing which we really missed out during those remote days is like uh, Friday catch up with the buddies yeah. because yeah, you know, when, when you have a, a week stretched out period, you want to relax, you want to chill out with your buddies as well. Yeah. Uh, talk something might be even nonsense, but 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 talk something outside of your you know daily engagements. Builds more camaraderie than just uh, doing Google Meets all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it has its own fatigue, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You can't be on subsequent calls back to back, back to back, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely been there. <laughs> um, so I guess, uh, do you have any funny experiences from uh, as a hiring manager that's interviewed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people? Uh, do you have any uh, funny stories that kind of stick out from that whole process without naming names or anything? Of course. <laughs> uh, as a hiring manager, I had many at that point of time, but I would rather, you know, go back to our initial days of entrepreneurship while, you know, uh, and, and this is my first time entrepreneurship three years back. I jumped on this journey uh, while being a techie. You try to build your product first, but somewhere I was not somewhere, uh, you know, by, by the opinion that you go and build your product right on day zero. Uh, it took us six months to understand customer, understand their behavior to go ahead and build even our MVP. 
and that's where we are operating very much in an offline fashion. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember when we started the interview at the service, there was one candidate whose interview was somehow scheduled at our, uh, you know, uh, scheduled at our end, and this was basically assigned to someone uh, again, uh, some someone as an interviewer who, who was basically his manager himself. So that was really, really, you know, uh, a funny thing which happened. Uh, while that manager called us up and said, like, okay, my teammate XYZ is looking out for a job I did not know, and you guys have, you know, scheduled interview <laughs> interview of that candidate along with me. I don't know either I should take up this interview or what should I do. Or because all of these intelligence you can build on the platform side. Otherwise, you have to do a very manual check on the operational standpoint, right? If the if the candidate belongs to let's say uh, company X and the interviewer who I who is gonna interview and who is a freelance interviewer on our platform, right? Who is gonna interview is turns out to be a manager of that guy from the same company X, right? Yeah. And then something happened and it was really, you know, kind kind of embarrassing for us. And then somewhere we had to get him convinced that, you know, even if this has happened, uh, I, I think you should uh, speak the way how, how it has been so far. Right. And anyways, we had to decline that particular interview and assign it to some other interviewer. Uh, yeah. But yeah, these are some of the learnings which I had. And this was the very first logic which I we probably built on the platform once our yeah. MVP was out that you cannot assign to the you know, interviewer from the same company. Yeah, a lot of times uh, you, you learn best by doing. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, if, yeah. yeah, the the thing I found with a lot of entrepreneurs is the ones closer to the problem themselves that have actually been through it really understand how to most effectively effectively solve the problem. And yeah, actually and, and moreover, you you can't be building all of the intelligence, all of the ifs, all of the you know use cases right on day zero on platform, right? So, yeah. some of such things is bound to happen, but then you need to understand the criticality of the thing, which is more more critical for you, and then you need to stitch it on, build your product roadmap. Uh, which which has its own time, right? So. Definitely, yeah. Get that MVP done right, right? Uh, to solve the yeah, uh, customer yeah. problem in the simplest way possible. Then you could always add more features after that. I've that's the other thing I've seen too is some sometimes people just start building a bunch of features and they haven't solved the uh, core problem yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. So I guess uh, what other HR tools should uh, managers be avail uh, be aware of? Um, Hire Hunch, of course, is a great tool that everybody should use. Is there anything else that a hiring manager should consider using to assist on the hiring process? Uh, I, I would say whatever part HireRanch has not been able to cover, that is something there are a lot of other tools to use about. But when it comes to technical assessment, I think we are trying to do a full stack, you know, uh, full stack solutioning over here. So HireRanch is the only solution. Uh, there are alternate solutions, definitely, but uh, HireRanch is one of the best platform to be used at. Apart from, you know, assessment, there's different pieces into HR tech industry, right? Where we are not into job boards, right? That we post a job board and, and uh, you know, people from uh, across the globe will be able to apply through that particular job post, right? While LinkedIn is doing job to some certain extent, but I still believe that there's some kind of, you know, screening, some kind of vetting that needs to happen, which yeah. LinkedIn doesn't provision currently. Uh, but there are a lot of other tools I have heard about, you know, uh, some early startups also in India probably, you know, uh, cut short or Insta hire are doing some great job, uh, right? Uh, this is on the job boarding part and post that even if our assessment is being done from our end and comes the, you know, onboarding part. So there are multiple, you know, such, I would say, business units of an HR tech itself or an HR system itself. Um, Zoho is trying to build everything out. Uh, of course. So, so that's another example, right? So, um, so I guess uh, for for high growth startups, you know, what what tips do you offer for attracting talent? 
Um, obviously, it's a very competitive marketplace. You know, what kind of we, we mentioned remote work being a perk, but uh, do you have any other tips for how a you know high high flying startup can uh, attract the right talent and uh, gravitate people towards their company as opposed to maybe a competitor product? Um, I would say for for a tech tech founder, it becomes super easy. Uh, but for a non-tech founder, uh, yeah. it becomes tons, tons a bit difficult. And, and that's what I have been hearing out from most of the founders with whom we have partnered so far, right? Yeah. Uh, that a non-tech co-founder somewhere needs to really, uh, or be able to resonate with the, uh, with the, with the, you know, I, I would again bring that, you know, organizational culture versus tech culture. Yeah. This turns out to be, be a bit different where, uh, it is more of, uh, you know, uh, engineers have their different way of of you know uh trying to grasp some certain things and trying to they are, they are more you know inherently analytical and curious right uh so so what turns out to be that uh, for a non-tech co-founder they need to really articulate their vision uh yeah. they need to be very very as transparent as they can uh because as i said right zero to one there's nothing great while you you speak to engineers while, while you try to deal with them right yeah uh purely be focused on what is the kind of impact uh that the person who is getting onboarded might be able to bring. Uh, yeah. Show your commitment. That's another thing that you know uh, you can't be just uh, walking on the things and and, and just uh, talking about the things, but not be able to walk on the certain aspects, right? Um, and again, uh, I think non-tech founders also need to to leverage a lot on their network uh, to bring really great techies. Uh, yeah. demonstrate some domain expertise. I, I know uh, they are not technical, but and again, they can show, showcase their expertise in the industry, in the market in which, you know, uh, they have been there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. that already, you know, uh, I think a lot, a lot of business people can't, yeah, they can't communicate the same way engineers do, right? So they'll give you very subjective feedback to the engineers and engineers really want detailed instructions, like in a very matter of fact tone, almost like a math equation. <laughs> like, do you want one yeah. plus one equals two or tell me what you need here, right? <laughs> um, so I feel yeah, like yeah. a lot of these business managers don't really effectively communicate with them properly. Yeah, and I think if you have to, if I have to talk about one single thing that any, you know, non-tech co-founder needs to be, bring their, you know, be as transparent as you can about the challenges, about the kind of, you know, impact that the person will be able to bring. Uh, because there's nothing called gray in, in an engineer's world. Yep. Yeah, and it's good to have a technical co-founder too, just so you can have that checks and balances, right? So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. you can ensure that the, uh, the the work actually that the engineers are producing is actually checked and verified, um, as opposed to just going out and building building something only to realize that you have a lot of tech debt later and it's not going to work. Um, and, and you run into those scaling issues then. Yeah. Um, so I guess what's next for HireHunch? Uh, are there any last takeaways you want the audience to remember about your product? Oh, definitely. So, so it's been been three plus years for us uh, on this journey. We started with interview as a service. Now we do have you know a couple of ancillary products around things, uh, but but we are still aligned with our one single mission of you know building a great tech team, uh, or in fact building a dream tech team uh, yeah. for for the hiring companies, right? We are just getting started and we are here to disrupt the tech hiring space. Uh, in three years, we have really achieved phenomenal. Uh, stood out to be the most trusted interview marketplace, uh, especially in the Indian ecosystem. Uh, we have a plan to go go global now. And that's where you know we are into webinars, podcasts, uh, multiple uh, efforts being taken on the digital front as well. Uh, that you know, being in India, how do we place our products outside of India? Right. 
uh, eventually on the product standpoint currently we need to main focused on these three uh, particular products but we do have some some plans and we wish uh, there would be a, a day where you know on the platform you as a hiring manager come on the platform you upload a jd and i give you a plethora of you know pre-vetted candidates with a required hunch that how likely is this particular guy to to you know get selected at your end eventually join your company right but again to to build this out on the platform it's a journey right certainly well it's uh just seems like you guys are uh, getting out there and you, you know i've seen you guys uh seen you guys around before be, uh, before you ended up on the nacho nacho SaaS marketplace of course so uh whatever you guys are doing in marketing is working <laughs> um but yeah once again uh really thank you guys for coming on today and for anybody interested in hiring hunch uh you could uh, check it out today in the nacho nacho b2b SaaS marketplace or you can go to hirehunch.com and you can learn more about their company and their services there uh, once again, uh, thanks so much for coming on today, Noel, and uh, happy, uh, well, I guess it's Thanksgiving over here in the U.S., but I know you guys just got off Diwali over there, so um, happy post-Diwali, uh, I guess. Thanks, thanks, Andy. Thanks for pulling out your time and, and making me available out here. This, uh, by, by the way, this was my you know first webinar being an entrepreneur, and glad to be here uh, getting started on this right from today. We handled it like a pro, so <laughs> thanks, thanks again for coming on today. Thanks, thanks, Andy. I'm looking forward to yeah.